Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisit. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. Okay, so we're going to continue our X-Files adventure as we jump straight into episode 5, Jersey Devil. Now, I said previously that this one had really stuck in my head for some reason <laughs> uh, back in the day. And after seeing it, I have no idea why this stuck in my head. Oh, I was so going to broach that subject, man. Oh, like, like, I can't I can't pinpoint it. All I know is when the, when the X-Files was originally out, I recorded on video most of season one and most of season two, and I think I rewatched them a few times. And I just have no idea why this one stuck in my head. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, like so we'll when, get... when you said, uh, when we first started recording these, you said there was a couple you remembered, and one of them was Squeeze, which, mm-hmm. you know, is a good reason you remember that. We both gave it a five out of five. It's a classic episode of X-Files. And you said that the other one you remembered was about the Jersey Devil. And I'm like, my goodness, was he... Did Is that what put him off the X-Files to begin with? Is that what stopped him watching it? Because it's not one of the best episodes, it's got to be said. Um, whether whether it's as bad as Conduit, we'll get into. Oh, OK, so we'll, just, we'll start off with the, the, the opening of this, this episode. So we've got the, the standard woods, a family are... Uh, driving along, they get a flat tire as they do, and it's all typical horror centric so far. This is in uh, 1947. Yes, does it say that? Yeah, it does. It comes up at the, at the beginning. It's 1947. And I completely it, missed that. Yeah, it seems like this family is is the Waltons because they're all singing. Uh, Bingo was his name. It's the yeah. most <laughs> the most twee family I've ever seen in my life. I kind of, I was kind of thinking at the start, maybe they're the X file in this. Yeah, me too, because I missed the times, obviously coming <laughs> up on the screen. So I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Um, so they, they stop off and they get a flat, and it's. I've actually made a note of how it's almost spoof like how happy the family are, but then obviously it's setting. It was a fifty-one, <laughs> you said, um, and then the, the, the dad drops the torch, which it seems to slide forever down this embankment. <laughs> um, and then the guy gets back to the car and suddenly gets snatched away. Um, yeah, it's it's very conveniently staged, isn't it? It is, but again, you're not sure if it's an animal, if it's a killer, if it's something supernatural. So, mm-hmm. you know, typical X-Files, it doesn't let you know straight away. No. Um, and then it cuts straight away. You know, I, I was waiting on it going straight into the theme music there, but it goes to like, the search party. Yeah. Where they, they, they find the guy's body and his yeah. legs been eaten half off. And they, we, get, we, get, we get some trigger happy cops as well. Yeah, some we cops do. who are very, very eager to shoot their guns. Yeah, they love that. <laughs> um, but I noticed the thing is, they tell you that the limb's been half eaten off and they don't even attempt to try and show you any blood or anything whatsoever. Just no. let your imagination do the, the work for you. Well, this is it. It's just like you only need to see the reaction on their faces to know, really. Um, and and in many ways, like you said last time, that like not showing stuff, yeah. kind of uh, you know, it, it makes more of an impact. I think in many ways because it leads it to your imagination. 
and then they've got this uh, giant, the guys finding this cave, they run towards it, everybody's got their guns out, you know, <laughs> they just start shooting into the darkness, and then it's just like, what the hell, it just cuts they have no idea what could have been in that cave they could have just shot some poor kid up standing on top of a rock for all they know Mm. trigger happy cops typical you know and it cuts straight to the theme tune so what did you think of the opening of this episode Brian Uh, I it it was okay you know I, I don't think it's dated well I think this probably ran better in 1993 Mm -hmm when programs like this weren't really you know readily available there were there weren't a right lot of tv shows like this back then um but since since then since 93 we've had a whole slew of these things and now like i say this this opening does feel a little bit twee it's it's a bit yeah you know the family's just a little bit too waltons and the, the the cops are just a little bit too trigger happy, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know it it sets up intrigue that you're going to see some kind of creature feature, um, and I guess that kind of adds to the disappointment when you don't as the episode yeah. goes on. So we, we open up uh, with Mulder uh, reading some pornography, <laughs> as he does. but only because it's got an alien abduction story in it. If if, if yeah. we're to believe him. Effort to believe him, but then he is holding him the, the magazine um, portrait rather than landscape. And I don't know many <laughs> magazines that sort of type that way, but you know, maybe he was looking for uh, evidence of alien abduction on their body. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't even like try to hide it or put it away when Scully walks in. <laughs> he doesn't flinch at all. He just he just quickly quickly mentions this alien abduction story in it. And it, and it, and it kind of makes you think just for a second. Maybe maybe he is. Maybe he is actually reading that porno mag because of the uh the uh, the abduction material. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no one told him it was a sex fantasy that somebody had written in about. <laughs> that was a sex fail. <laughs> uh, so Scully starts to sort of talk about the case and luckily, just ever so luckily, Mulder just happens to have an X-File on this. <laughs> so, you know, it's his case and he's going to investigate it. Yeah, this, this is becoming, it's already becoming a regular thing, isn't it? And, and it will be again in, in the next episode, Shadows. But um, right. what, what, I, what I like is how Scully is the one who brings him this case Mm-hmm. And then when he gets all excited about it, she's the one who's like, this isn't our case, Mulder. We've got no jurisdiction. It's like, well, what the hell did you bring it to him for then? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know the guy's got these uh, tendencies to just dive head into these things. You can't, you can't <laughs> wave something in front of him going, look at this. Isn't this really weird and unusual? You can't look at it, though. <laughs> it's like a uh, red rag to a ball. Yeah, pretty much. So straight from there, from him whipping out this magical... Uh, file that just happens to be at the top of his filing cabinet um, to go straight to the morgue <laughs> and you know to see the body or of of uh, is it what the police shot? No, it's what the guy. What did they go to the morgue to see? It's it's um, a tramp has been uh, attacked, doesn't it? They yeah, that, that's the case that's like they, basically. They found him in the rocks. Yeah, like was he was he killed by an animal or something else? The yeah. the woman who plays the coroner 
really looks a lot like an actress called Michelle Forbes. Yes, I thought it was her to start yeah, off with. Yeah, I absolutely thought that was Michelle Forbes. She's, she's, mm-hmm. she's even been in a film with David Duchovny called California. Um, and, yeah, I was just like, all oh, right, it's, you know, it's Michelle Forbes. But it just, it isn't. It's just like yeah. the, the best Michelle Forbes lookalike I've ever seen in my life. So we get a detective... Yeah. Yes. Detective comes in and gets really pissy with Mulder straight away. In such a nice way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the super polite put down. Mm. It's like. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no subtlety in the performance whatsoever. The guy's pretty much just in there swinging a sledgehammer. <laughs> it's like he just comes in and reads his lines, doesn't it? Yep, they're my lines. I'm going to read them. It's almost like he pretty was much. the stand in actor that Mulder needed to play up against. And they mm-hmm. thought, you know what, this guy's giving off some good at- attitude, let's just stick with him. But I think it's also meant to set up some kind of suspicion towards this guy. It's it's, it's just, like, so blatant that, mm-hmm. oh, is this guy a, subs- a suspect? He's so mm-hmm. desperate to turn Mulder away, does he have something to hide? Well, we've seen a, an officer like this before in the pilot episode. Exactly. Where he, he was obviously hiding something. So it's, it's leaning on that earlier episode as well a little bit. But he is just a little bit, say, 2D. He's, he's not fully formed type of yeah, But he's, he's only a bit player anyway. So from there we go to Mulder and Scully talking about the the guy's attitude. Yeah, they, they do. Um, there's not really a right lot to say about that. Um, no, it's a weird scene, um, mm. and then the, the, the Scully. It's there to mention that Scully can't stay in the city. The city, they're under control. There's nothing exfilly about the case, and she's going to head back to her uh, nephew's party. Or well, not 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 just a nephew's party. Her godson's party. Oh god! This party, this is yes. a godson that we will never hear from ever again in the entire ten season run of the X Files. Um, In all fairness, it doesn't look like the best party ever, Brian. No, it, it really I doesn't. I would mention them again after that. <laughs> the way that kid runs into the wall um, with a monkey hat on later. Well, we'll get to that, but... Um, it makes the police officer look good. It really does. <laughs> oh, man. I just, just, there is one moment in that scene, though, when... Scully says she's going to a godson's birthday, uh, but Mulder wants to stick around and do some digging. Mm-hmm. But when when she tells him where she's going, like before she tells him, I should say, uh, she just says mm-hmm. she has to go away, and he's like, do you have a date? And it almost looks like there's a bit of fishing going on there, like he doesn't want her to go on a date, he wants her to uh-huh. stay with him. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, bit of the old... Romantic intrigue, um, but mm-hmm. whether that was there uh, at the behest of the studio or not, I don't know, but it's there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then after that, you've got Mulder uh, walking into the casino straight through to the the phone book at the, the, the block of phones, and he digs out the number for park services. It's a small scene, but again, it's just showing his smarts, you know, what he's doing, what he's looking for. It's also green screened, and you can really tell that it's green screened. I don't know if you noticed, but nope. When he when he, if you go back and watch, he's on the phone, and the background behind him is clearly green screen. <laughs> They've taken some footage inside a casino somewhere, and 
yeah, like I say, just green screened it because it was probably cheaper That's... than taking him to an actual casino and doing a setup as big as that. I, I, I didn't pick up on that at all. Fact, <laughs> I've actually got it playing on the TV in the background. <laughs> I, I stuck it on. Do you, um, you just wait, still, wait till you get there. I, I still can't see it. Um, you can. You're telling me it doesn't look blatantly obvious. Yes. Yeah. Can you, yes, you can see it on, now? The lighting on them. Yeah, the lighting yes. on them. Like, atrocious. I didn't notice that at the time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so then it, it, it cuts straight to, <laughs> and this is probably my favourite scene in the movie. Mulder arrives with the the, the sort of park ranger guy. Yes. Yeah. He has a chat with the officer who found the body. So this is the this is the officer who found the tramp's body. That is basically the case they're looking into at the moment. Um, I yeah. like this guy. I've got to say, the the actor who yes. plays this cop. This I don't know. There's there's something about him that's just likable. Mm-hmm. He's almost like a, yeah. a kind of lazy attitude in, in his in the way he speaks. But I don't know. You get the feeling that he is still someone who cares. Um, he's, he's a real yeah. stark contrast to the other officer that that we met. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I just love the way Mulder asks him if he's ever seen anything similar <laughs> or anything weird. <laughs> And the guy just gives him this kind of side glance yeah, at the, yeah. the corner of his eyes and then just tells him this whole big story that most people would just probably laugh at or don't want to hear. It's like he doesn't quite know whether he should go into it, but for mm. some reason, for whatever reason, he feels comfortable with Mulder enough to say, you know what, what the hell, I'm going to tell you. It's just his, his whole mannerisms, he's calm, collected, he's cool, he's got the smile on his face, I, I like this guy. Mm. Yeah, I like the story he tells as well, which is quite good about somebody or something walking out of the woods, sniffing the air. Yeah, it adds a wee bit more mystery to the story as well. You're like, is that a person? Is that a thing? You still don't know what's happening. Mm. It's it's a story well told. I think he, he the way the way in yeah. which he delivers it. I mean, like some people can tell stories and some people just mm. can't. Um, and yeah. this guy can clearly tell a story because it invokes some quite potent imagery. I think when when he's telling it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, li- I like the actor, I like the character. And then we should move on to uh, Scully's party. <laughs> yeah, this is this is with the uh, the kid wearing a monkey hat and he supposedly bangs into a wall and starts crying and it's like yeah. the worst performance yeah. <laughs> of the X-Files so far. I know he's just a kid, you got to give him some slack, but come on. I mean, this is 1993 or maybe 92 or something. I'm sure they could actually have hit the kid, you know, and made them really cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but she has a talk with, I thought it was her sister, but it's obviously not, is it? don't know. So this, this, is, a, this is like a friend, isn't it? Um, a friend, Because she's, right. she's the mother of the child who's mm-hmm. Scully's godson. So, yeah, close friend. Um, but this this feels really clunky. When they really fast, isn't it? Because when she yeah. when she calls Mulder a jerk, um, yeah. which is quite shocking actually when you first hear her say it. But then she quickly takes it back, and you kind of you get this mm-hmm. you get this feeling like maybe she's so used to defending herself in her position in the FBI against other agents that now it's just this automatic reaction to you know pe- people are going to talk about Mulder as if he's a jerk anyway so I'll get there first kind of thing there's there's definitely like a weird psychology behind it going on there I think oh absolutely but also just before she calls him a jerk she says that he's cute mm. and I think she <laughs> catches herself oh, yeah. saying that you know and then instantly goes for the, the complete opposite which is he's a jerk yeah um, 
but it feels as if they are really trying to push that. Well, they won't they? Um, storyline that they seem to fit in in most of these programs. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's. I don't think it's ever felt as clunky as it does here. I, I think this is about yeah. as clunky as it gets, really. And, and to be honest, I just. I'm not sure they even know what to do with Scully in this episode. I feel like, I feel this, like this is, yeah, this is my major major bugbear with this whole episode. You know, they take the, the thing that makes X Files X Files, which is this partnership of complete belief in the supernatural and the scientific counterpoint to that, and just completely separates them, mm. um, and has them doing well. Mulder still doing his thing, but Scully away. Almost doing women's work type of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's away, she's having a party, she's going to go on a date, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> which doesn't fit that character at all from it, what we've it seen. It just doesn't look right, does it? When you see her in the it, kitchen and see her with the kids, it's just like, yeah, this this feels yeah. wrong. It, it does. Uh, and then we cut back to Mulder walking in the woods and he hears a crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, com- yeah. Com- completely superfluous scene, if uh, if I'm being honest. It just—it doesn't I think add it's just anything. To remind us that, no, it's just to remind us that Mulder's there. It, it's a transition. <laughs> it's basically a transition. This—they need to get from this awful scene with Scully in the kitchen and her best friend to the next mm-hmm. scene of this guy called Robert who comes around to the party. So li- oh, literally, they need to st- stick something in between these scenes just to break it up. So they literally just throw a random scene of Mulder walking in the forest. We know he's there, and this this doesn't it doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't move it forward at all. It does nothing. It does have one thing, Brian, and that is my favourite line in the full episode, and that is, he's divorced, so he's no good at relationships, but he might be good for you, Scully. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just an awesome line. Oh, I had me in stitches watching it. Really? I thought it was great. <laughs> because yeah, it's I so just bad. thought it was great. Because it's so bad, you know, he's divorced. I mean, you're, I mean, is that a, that's not a good line, is it? You know, but, but the way she delivers it is if it's a plus. He's divorced. It's a real selling he's, point. Yeah. yeah, he's already failed at one relationship. Maybe yours will work. Oh, um, with friends like these, eh? Oh, I, I thought it was great. There's a reason you never hear from her godson again in this series. <laughs> After that, it was over. Then we go to one of the most cheesy set design skid rows I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Crime alley. Oh, it's absolutely stunning. Oh, um, yeah, this, this makes you cleanest, town, yeah. Yeah, and some of the cleanest homeless I've ever seen and, and well health. Oh, good grief. And he just he walks down um, asking if anybody's can remember this the body of the victim type of thing and uh, some guy comes up to him and says sure I know why don't you uh, follow me down this alley he looks like he's had a few people down that alley doesn't he he certainly does what gets Um, me is this Oh my goodness! This awful picture, this artist, <laughs> <laughs> this artist rendition. 
Church of the Jersey Devil that someone straw. I knew I knew this guy and he said yeah. he saw it. He said he saw it and he drew a picture it's of the, it. It's like the worst. It's the way he goes into it. He goes into this secret compartment looking for it to whip this thing out. And I just had visions of Tony Hart criticising the piece on his board. Just, oh, it's awesome. It's like, Surely it's like they could have done something better. Yeah, it's like at, at school. It's like some primary school age kid has drawn a picture of their mum on her worst day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, really? Really, Mulder? Really? You're going to go on that? That's that's your yeah. smoking gun. <laughs> oh, it's it's literally fantastic. Oh, good grief! <laughs> so we then have have Mulder so overjoyed and satisfied with this uh, evidence that he's received, he decides to give the homeless guy his room keys, uh, the key to his hotel room oh, to stay, and he's going to camp out in this shack. <laughs> Um, and, and watch out and the most terrifying thing about this scene is the fact that he's using one of the guy's blankets to wrap around himself I mean God knows what's on that blanket but he's, he's got it wrapped around himself I love how um, after, after just spending like not even a night not even one night because he gets picked up by the police in just a moment I love how he's like <laughs> He's been there for like not even one night, and he par- apparently yeah. already looks like a vagrant. <laughs> well, he's got that key vagrant sign of his shirt being partially untucked out his trousers, Brian. You know, that's that's a key homeless sign straight away. He's got like um, a, yeah, a but... nine o'clock shadow. He's, he's been there for two hours. Come on, give me a break. Yeah. He's got a few hairs out of place as well. Um, so back to this scene where he's, he's camping out and, and watching during the night. And it gets very horror-centric for a little moment again with um, Mulder's point of view short. The camera is starting to shake and not quite in focus and you're not quite seeing what's there. You just hear these noises going about and, and the thing that's there is in shadow. <laughs> I just did a, flash, a flashback to that picture. <laughs> Oh, oh man, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's terribly bad. So... Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> now, remember, Brian, this is one of my most treasured memories of the X-Files. <laughs> Oh, this is the most entertainment I've ever had from this episode, quite frankly. That <laughs> <laughs> is pretty good. Um, so, so Mulder sees this thing raking in the bins and decides to chase after it. And it's away in a flash and all of a sudden, it's, I mean, it literally can move at, at, at the speed of the flash. It's on top of the building and Mulder has to whistle to sort of catch all its attention and get a look at it. Just as the police turn up, you know, it's the, the same old. Come on, buddy, we'll give you a place. <laughs> we'll give you a place for the night. <clears throat> He's wearing a suit. <laughs> oh, stop. I'm leaving all this in, Brian. 
<laughs> oh man, oh, longest outtake ever. <laughs> oh man, um, what get? <laughs> let me just get my bearings. <laughs> <laughs> what what gets me about this scene, right, is he's wearing a suit. <laughs> How many tramps wear a suit? But it just, all it is, is it's a little tucked out, the shirt's out, out his trousers a little bit. And the initial response is... Dear God, this guy's been on the streets for too long. He's, he's, he's gone. He's lost it. Oh, man. We're, we're, we're going to have to stop for a bit, mate. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> OK, so the police have arrested Mulder because he's got his shirt and tucked out his trousers and he's clearly been sleeping on the streets for the past 70 years. <laughs> but in, in, in all seriousness is uh, <laughs> always a phrase that's going to incur uh, laughter isn't it in all seriousness uh, copy the star interviews Mulder this is the douchebag cop is it yeah yeah, I, I I wrote there is no reason at all for Detective Douchebag to be called in to see Mulder. The guy is an ass for the sake of being an ass, and uh, it, it's just like he doesn't need to go in and question Mulder at all. Yeah. He doesn't need to be brought in. This is just some dude who is, is what spends a night in the drunk tank. It's like. I, I, I don't understand why he says he's been called out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. He's been called out of bed out of bed to come and speak to Mulder. Yeah. Why? It's just it it just makes no sense to me at all. But again, it's, it's you could look at it as in he's he's there to scare off Mulder or something like that. But then Mulder is the FBI. I mean, surely the, the FBI can take jurisdiction <coughs> if they really wanted to. Could take this case away from you. I think it's just, like you said earlier on, to create another suspect of some sort. It's just, but we've already... This is just after the scene where we've seen that there's something else. This is, this is literally just to, to set up someone we can call a villain and mm -hmm. <coughs> someone that is going to kill off our uh, our Jersey Devil at the end of, of the piece. But... It, it also... There's, there's this other thing that feels rather forced in as well. It kind of almost seems like it comes from nowhere, which is when Mulder gives us some spiel about needing to keep tourism alive. Yeah. And it just... It, it, so, so it's like he's setting up the reasons for this guy being a douche, basically. Oh, you, you, you know, you're just... You need tourism, so you're trying to push mm -hmm. me out because you don't want this stuff about the Jersey Devil to detract from tourism... Yet you've just said the tourism or the line of tourism that you thrive on is casinos and pubs. It, mm. It's not like it's high-end tourist spots where people go no. to see national landmarks. 
They go mm. to gamble. They go to drink and and gamble their money away. It's mm. it, it just the whole reasoning is just loose and thin. Just really, really thin. But as Mulder's <clears throat> trying to like talk to him and explain the seriousness of what's going on and how people can be hurt. He whips out the evidence. That picture <laughs> of the Jersey Devil, as if that's going to convince this guy that oh, this is man. what's out there. It's like if he didn't look like a crackpot before, he certainly does now. Pulling that picture yeah. out, it looks like something uh, Scully's godson might have come up with. Yeah, after he get the bump in the head. Yeah, after he got the bump in the head. So uh, and the guy does what we all think he just laughs at it but mm. the thing that struck me about this scene most of all is when the, the douchebag cop leaves um, you can literally picture him just standing outside the door as if just end scene mm. you know it, it feels like a, a very it feels very like filmed at that point it doesn't feel realistic at all it, it's very late isn't it like Sid Field says when you're writing scenes come in late and get out early and this yeah. this scene Feels like they've they've come in early and they've got out late. <laughs> yeah, it seems to break really. all the uh, rules of the script writing handbook. <clears throat> um, Certainly. And then we've got Mulder calling uh, Scully. Yeah, FBI. from the drunk tank with a guy from puking up tank. behind him. It's yeah. a, it, this this scene does put a bit of a smile on my face. I gotta say, it's quite amusing. Scully having to go and pick Mulder up from the uh, from the station. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just a it's just a reason to get Scully back into the episode again. Yeah, just just so that she can then tell him that she's going to have to go again because mm-hmm. yeah. she's got because this time she has got a date. Oh yeah. But <laughs> before she goes on that date, she takes him to see bootleg Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, I, this is this is another classic Jersey Devil scene. Absolutely, <laughs> I love this one because you can. Very early on, it lets you know that Scully used to go to whatever university this is and she graduated from there and that this professor that she obviously has a relationship with is very scientific and based within facts and that and who's going to battle his point. Mm. And within a couple of minutes, Mulder's got him just round right round his fingers and completely negating all these studies into yeah. giving Mulder an answer of, well, yeah, that could possibly mm. be true. And you see, you see the look on Scully's face because you know that she's, she's trying to end this as quick as possible. So she's like, I'll get the expert involved. Yeah. He'll basically trash Mulder's theories. And then by the time we get to the end of it, he's, he's just as engrossed in the case as Mulder is, if yeah. not more so. And Scully's just like... Oh. It's it's one of those I've created a monster. Yeah. Looks, it's just for the oh no, no. <laughs> you were my safety net. <laughs> uh, and then it it cuts to just a a scene after that of Mulder looking at photos, which I thought we were going to see something in them. It's just basically random photos of footprints in mud and things mm. like that. And then cut straight to Scully's date. Yeah, again, it's just it's it's another it's another transition yeah. scene. It's another scene that is thrown in purely so that we can transition between one scene and another and another. And and you don't need it. You could have just no. gone straight to that other scene. And and on Scully's date, yeah, you know she looks amazing and she looks bored as as anybody could be mm. with this whole date. 
It's kind it's of no, understandable. Yeah. This guy, this guy isn't exactly Mr. Charisma, is he? No, but I think he's supposed to be a counterpoint towards Mulder's exciting lifestyle and how he's always chasing after the dancers and the mystery and all that. And this mm. guy's just happy to be a family guy. Yeah. It, so, so I suppose because he has divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he just he's kind of boring. The stuff he's talking about is boring, and it does make a mention of what case he's working on. Uh, which is quite funny when they're, they're eating their steaks yeah and, and Scully's just like well we better not talk about that <laughs> and, and then it cuts back to, to Mulder getting a call from the ranger that he's found a, a, a body that could be the Jersey Devil of a, yeah of a wild man they they say yes. they found found the body of a wild man that's been out in the forest for quite some time they say so it's it's been out there for a while and it goes back to Scully's day again uh, she gets a call from Mulder, but she looks actually happy to get to get out of this date. Yeah, so M- Mulder interrupts Scully's date to tell her that he thinks their suspect is a woman. Yes. I couldn't read my scribbles there, Brian. I was mm. trying to figure out where the hell I tripped. <laughs> but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So that gets Scully somewhat intrigued and basically just gives her a good reason to get the hell out of that restaurant and do something Does a bit it? more... Does it give her, like, does it make her intrigued or does it just, is it the lesser of two evils type of thing? You know, like, I'd rather chase some wild woman in the woods than spend two more minutes with this boring <laughs> deforcee. I, I, th- I think it does intrigue her. Well, I, not, if not intrigue, it excites her. I think the prospect of going out, investigating these bizarre cases with, with a bizarre man, I think she's realising, actually, that this is where where her life is and where she wants it to be uh, it, it's her jam so to speak and, and this guy is just looking for a surrogate mother anyway isn't he because he's just he keeps trying to like make these dates where they can bring along kids she doesn't even have a kid it's a godson <laughs> yeah he's like why, why, I'll bring my kids why don't you bring your godson and we can oh. act like parents together and it's yeah it's something a little bit oh. yeah it's just uh, this is where my mind wanders during these things and I'm sitting thinking going like so He's going to make a second date and introduce his son to his possible new girlfriend. Is that not a bit early? <laughs> Before I realise I'm watching a fictional TV show. It's like, slow down, bro. Yeah. Slow down. <laughs> so then we jump straight from uh, the date with the divorcee guy into the coroner's office to see this body of the, 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 the man that they found who's but, mysteriously but, vanished. Yeah, the body's gone. The body's been moved. Um, mm. And for some reason, Mulder once again brings up this whole tourism conspiracy theory. It's like mm-hmm. they really want to hammer that home. It's it's like somewhere along the line, somebody said, you know what, this episode needs to mean something. It needs to be yeah. about something. And it's like, all right, well, we need this angle so that we can make some kind of social commentary on the evils of capitalism and how it's mm. encroaching on even the way police do their work. And it's just, yeah, it's just so fast, so, so fast. And, and, and my note here is just, I've got, like, the coroner's office, the body has vanished, and now the professor has joined the Scooby gang. Yeah, <laughs> literally just, yeah. He's just there now, he's part of it. So bootleg Jeff Goldblum reels off some beliefs about primates, saying they would naturally be afraid of heights, um, yet Mulder says otherwise, and yes. because he's he's seen the evidence to the contrary. And it makes me wonder, is this Chris Carter's way of saying these people, i.e. the scientists, 
don't always know what they're talking about. Because um, I know, I know. Fair point. Yeah, I didn't really pick up on that. Mm. It, just, it, just, it just seemed very because this guy's you know he's an expert. Um, he's, he's probably someone who knows all about evolution and that kind of thing. He talk, you know, he talks about primates. Seems to seems to say what he thinks they would or would not do with a mm-hmm. fair amount of confidence, and then instantly Mulder's like, uh, "Actually, you're wrong." Um, and yeah, so it, it just—I don't know—it felt to me that maybe that was a dig at some of uh, some of the people in the scientific community who take things as a given, even though yeah. a lot of it is just theoretical. Yeah, and I, I seem to miss something here between this scene and the next scene because they seem to go from there straight to the alleyway to where the Jersey Devil is going to be. Yeah, they. I think the expert says something about territory, like if 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 Mulder saw her saw the Jersey Devil there, which is around the same place where the guy was attacked, then maybe this woman or this man, as they believe it to be at the time, is territorial. So yeah. therefore, the best thing to do would be to go back to that place again. Right. Um, so if I've so if I've got this right, Mulder's just proved them wrong about the height thing. Yep. But then assumes he's right about the next thing. Yep. Bingo. Got it. Yeah. Cool. But in all <laughs> fairness, in all fairness, he only proves him wrong about the height thing once they've got to the uh to the location. Maybe maybe at that point Mulder is thinking, Oh crap, we're here on this guy's whim, so mm. maybe we shouldn't be here. But um yeah, but yeah, in fairness to Mulder. Um, there's some nice lighting in this scene, I've got to say. There's some nice kind of Ridley Scott-style lighting with the shaft of light coming through the fan. Um, yeah, oh, definitely. Mm, looks yeah, visually is, interesting. This is where they go into the sort of abandoned... Um, sort of factory. Uh, it's an abandoned yeah, warehouse. Yeah, but an abandoned warehouse. It's just mm-hmm. your kind of communal... Garden variety of abandoned yeah. warehouse you see in multiple it, films. They're not long into the building when all of a sudden a SWAT team arrives. Yeah. Um, where one of the guys has just got one of the best fake moustaches I've ever seen. Turns to the camera <laughs> just to give you a full look at it. I was gonna, I was gonna find it out. It's like a, it's like a really low down shot in it, looking up at him, and he just yeah. he kind of turns, looks at the camera, kind of goes off. It's like, yes, I am SWAT. But mm-hmm. yeah, what the hell are they doing there? They literally, yeah. literally, two. We see two coppers before they show up. Two mm-hmm. coppers see the the sheriff guy's car mm-hmm. outside yeah. the warehouse. So they call in the SWAT team. What? Well, he's park services, and that's not a park. So there's obviously a problem there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Oh man, it's it's just stupid. When that SWAT team shows up, I'm literally kind of, what? What mm-hmm. is going on right now? Seriously. So they're in the building, and uh, Mulder sees something, and instantly just doesn't even alert uh, Scully. Just runs away from her and chases after this Jersey Devil. Mm. Like I understand if the SWAT team was sent there to get the Jersey Devil. But they had no information at all no. that would lead them to believe that that's what they were going in for. Not at all. 
and and just before Mulder chases <coughs> after the Jersey Devil, um, that cop appears again and tells the people that they are looking for specifically Mulder. Mm. Yeah. And starts asking uh, the professor where Mulder is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, so it's like, did they send the SWAT team there for Mulder? Yeah. It's like, you're telling me the the douchebag cop can't go there himself with just a couple of other guys? Mm-hmm. What, what are they expecting Mulder to do? It's, it's kill just tourism. Yeah, kill Yeah, he's he's there to assassinate tourism. <clears throat> yeah, so, like I said, Mulder chases somebody and uh, Scully follows after. But Scully's a little bit more graceful in the way that she's moving. Uh, <laughs> after it, she leaps from a building, rolls his back up, got her gun drawn, follows after it. She's, again, it's just it shows you how her, her physicality is a lot more than Mulder's. Yeah, she's she's definitely the one who's going to win in a fight between the two. Yeah. She's controlled while chasing after this thing while Mulder's just haphazardly running after it like a headless chicken. <laughs> yeah. So And then so I've got this it's, it's like it's straight into a scene from A Nightmare on Elm Street when they end up in the boiler room. Mm. Like where, where that lighting like you said was coming through. Mm. Really nice and, lighting. Uh, yeah, really it's, it's spectacular. It is really like a horror movie at that point. It's really mm. well lit, it's really well shot. And there's something in the shadows. Yeah. It's it's a naked woman. <laughs> hey up, hey up, Chuck. You wanna put some clothes on? <laughs> and then it's, it's it's you can see Mulder having flashbacks to his uh, moment earlier on in the episode where he had the pornographic magazine. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he gets a, he gets attacked, he gets assaulted. By this woman, and yeah, you're she, never she quite clear. She, yeah, she basically just pins him to the ground. She doesn't do a right lot, to be honest. Um, yeah, she, yeah she gets, I thought she kind of gave him a push to start off with. Yeah, she does. She, she kind of she pushes him to the floor, and then he moves slightly, and she kind of she kind of pushes him back, pins him to the ground. Sit, they sit there, kind of looking at each other for a while, and then she, and then she, and that's it. She's gone. She just she does a runner, and he goes after her, and then Scully follows. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I'd like to see. A recut of that scene, but with kind of like saxophone pornography music over the top of it, because I think that would completely just change context one hundred percent of that scene. As he leans closer to her, she leans closer to him. The shadows are there. It's just absolutely, it's just, yeah. yeah. No, it's it, it's funny how music can change completely change the tone of a, a scene like that, and it would definitely yeah. work on that scene. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they so they they chase her into the forest. The SWAT mm-hmm. team follows that yep. SWAT team that's got no no business being there. Um, the the nice cop guy, well, like you say, park ranger, the nice park ranger guy, mm-hmm. shoots her with a dart, which is probably yeah. the reason that the SWAT team is able to catch her. Um, but this so is he, the thing that... he's inadvertently killed her. You see in this scene when they're chasing after the Jersey Devil, they're all on one side of a riverbank and you see our heroes chasing after them across a bridge. Yeah. But somehow the cop guys swam across the river, climbed up <laughs> through the bank and got to the, the body of the woman before these guys have. Logistically speaking, it just doesn't make quite sense, you know? Like I say, she's been shot with that dart, so she's probably uh, ended up doubling back on herself because she doesn't quite know where she is. But yeah, it's just... The, the, the science, the maths of it doesn't really work out, but douchebag cop shoots her anyway. Case solved. Boom. And uh, 
then Mulder asks the cop, why did you kill her? And the cop just comes back with the same reason you kill a rabid animal. <laughs> it's all in the delivery, though, isn't it? It's all in the delivery. Uh, it's like the driest, yeah, the yeah, driest. It's as if somebody's standing offside with a cue card, but they've just written on it. He's <laughs> literally all... looking over it, going, "The same reason you kill any wild animal." Yeah, that do you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Cut. <laughs> Uh, Mulder refuses to get a life, as, as Scully suggests, yeah. um, and decides instead that he wants to go to the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of it ends on a really nice quote when Scully kind of grabs the door for Mulder, and uh, Mulder says, uh, eight million years out of Africa, Scully. And she says, and look who's holding the door. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, nice. then we, we, just, we finish the episode with a little stinger of the Jersey Devil Junior. Mm, yeah, it's stinger or stinker. Yeah, but both to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it's it, yeah. You, you can't you watch it and you kind of think, please don't ever do a sequel to this episode. Please don't ever yep. do a sequel. <laughs> Overall, this was a kind of. It's kind of monster of the week episode. It didn't really go anywhere. It didn't introduce any new information into the sort of lexicon of the X Files, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it had some really shoddy production <laughs> design, I would say, um, especially with the skid. The skid row is is fantastic, and um, it just it just doesn't look real at all. But I had a little bit of fun with this episode, probably because we've been talking about it and having a laugh as well. And, and your fond memories of it, you mean? And my fond memories of it. But even taking all that into account, I've got to say that this is uh, it's definitely one that if you were rewatching the series, you'd watch it often. You would skip by because there's nothing mm. in it that's necessary to the, the entire plot. And the forced mm. stuff about Skilly and her life outside the X-Files is not that important as a love interest to Mulder I don't think I don't want that I'm not really no. interested in that I don't want to go that romantic <coughs> route because I don't think it's going to work yeah. um, and I don't want it, this to be tailored down by a will they won't they carry on that's going to uh, possibly come and I think I'd, overall I'd give Jersey Devil probably two and a half out of five it's it's okay for a one watch I won't go back to it um, I don't know why that's stuck in my head. I really don't. Ryan, <laughs> I, I, you? I, I think it's stuck in your head because you were a fourteen-year-old boy and you saw a naked woman straddling Mulder, and you heard that porno music in your head. Very probably. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's not a good episode. Um, here's the thing: I gave it a two and a half as well. Right. Um, that's that was my that was the score I gave it when when I watched it the other day. But having talked about it now, I have to ask myself, is this better than Conduit as an episode? Because Conduit we gave two. Mm-hmm. Uh, after discussing yep. it, we gave it a two. Um, and I, well, in good conscience, besides the entertainment value we've had talking about it... Um, in good conscience, I can't honestly say that this is a better episode than Conduit, um, despite all the f- all the problems Conduit had. I'd, I, 
I'd say it's about even. Um, it's funnier. Mm-hmm. It's certainly a funnier episode just because because it's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's badly written. I, I, I give it a two. Um, I, I, I'll take that half point away. I'll give it a two. I say it's on a par with Conduit. It's a filler episode. It really is. And uh, I think one thing we didn't talk about, and I just I want to double check this with you. Does Mulder take that picture that he got from the tramp and draw breasts on it? <laughs> Does he? When he thinks it's a woman. No, I don't think so. I think it was already there, wasn't it? Or oh, did he? Did he? Oh man! It now, didn't have it didn't have breasts make, to start off with. You're making me doubt. Yeah, the initial picture did not have breasts on it. And then later on when he's in the office and he realises it's a woman, <laughs> suddenly there's a picture of something with breasts. Like, so he's got he's got he's got the, the, the porno mag at the start and then he's drawn breasts on this thing oh, and then he, he he meets his naked Neanderthal woman later on. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's it's almost like a fantasy episode. Like he's been reading the porno mag, he's fell asleep. He said, "I went dream about meeting some Neanderthal naked woman in a boiler room." There's, there's a possible conspiracy, a, a possible theory there. I think a fan theory that you could have that everything after Mulder reading that porno magazine was just fantasy. Mm-hmm. It was all a dream. It was all in yeah. Mulder's head. That's why yeah. stupid stuff happens. It makes the episode make a heck of a lot more sense. Yeah, no, no, I think about it. Yeah. And then you've got the thing where he's, he's having this uh, fantasy about Scully being unattainable and yeah, going yeah, away. Yeah. But saying he's cute at the same time as well. And mm. maybe, oh, yeah. there you go. It's fan Theory 101. It was just... Right, five stars. <laughs> five, yeah, five out of five. No, yeah, definitely a two-star no, episode. It's filler, yeah. which is a bit of a shame because we've had two episodes now, one after the other, that have been filler although I don't think Conduit was intended as filler I think they really were trying to go for something there and they just didn't pull it off it just didn't work um, Jersey Devil it just really doesn't feel like they're trying yeah yeah um, so our next episode is going to be called Shadows mm-hmm. do you know much about this one does this one stick in your head uh, it's 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 one that kind of sticks in my head. Like there's, there's a there's a couple of scenes in it that stick in my head. The episode yeah. overall, not so much. I seem to recall the episode being half bland, half intriguing, like like half exciting because because of some of the action that happens in it. Like you yeah. see some poltergeist stuff in there, and when that stuff is happening, you're kind of like, ah, oh, this this is quite entertaining. This is you know some special effects use going on here. So yeah. Um, I look forward to that one. You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one. You good? (laughs) We'll have to see. (laughs) I just took a toilet break and I was just, I was still pissing myself laughing in the toilet.
Oh man. <coughs> okay, where were we? 